Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... See, here's the problem. When you become a celebrity or want to become a celebrity, you are no longer a servant of the foot-washing servant. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That only comes through prayerfully thinking through the Word of God, prayerfully thinking through the grace of God, keeping our eyes focused keenly upon Jesus and our own sinfulness and thinking about the cross and repentance and how Jesus forgives sins. If you are a follower of Jesus, did you know that the church and the world need your God-given spiritual gifts? It's true. God gives each one of us gifts to serve in his mission, to love and mature the church and to evangelize to the world. So the question is not do you have a gift, but rather how has God wired you and what will you do with that gift? Many of us are afraid to take that first step, but if we take it with humility and a teachable spirit, we can be confident that the Lord is with us. To learn more about what the Lord has for you, here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 3. He's saying, this was my ministry to preach to the Gentiles, and that was God's plan for me ever since, and he tells them that back in Acts chapter 9, when Paul is originally saved by Christ, and he meets the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. Verse 3, Damascus. How that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery. Let's keep that word in the back of our head, the mystery. And then there's a parenthesis, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. What is he saying? That up until this time, God did not make it plain to everybody. So, so there's, there's something about this mystery that was not plain in the Old Testament. You say, you know, we see Jesus all the time in the Old Testament. We've gone through so many books of the Bible with you, Pastor Jim. We've seen Jesus. But there were certain things that were not made plain in the Old Testament as, na- as it has now been revealed by the Spirit. It didn't evolve. He didn't figure it out. It was been revealed by the Spirit Two, and now here's something we, we have to remember this because a lot of people get caught up in this, to his holy apostles and prophets. Now we're going to come back to that expression about him being a holy apostle in, in a few moments because a lot of people have a lot of wrong thinking about that. But one thing I would say here that notice that it's plural, apostles and prophets. It, it, it's, not, it's, it's important that it's not just the apostle Paul. Do you notice in most of these cults, it's just one guy. It's just one guy who got the revelation. And he supposedly got the revelation. And I'm not so sure it came from God. But And then, you know, he, he saw the vision and then he tells everybody else. And they're following this one thing. No, it's, it's given to multiple people. Verse 6, absolutely key. What, it, what is this mystery? He tells us that the Gentiles, the non-Jews, should be fellow heirs, some versions say co-heirs, of the same body 
and partakers of his promise in Christ. How is that done? He tells us through the gospel. Now, so he tells us that the mystery was revealed. Now, for us, mystery can mean a, a lot of different things. So when, when somebody says, you know, what, what do you think's wrong with my car or wrong with my health? You're like, I don't know, it's a mystery. Nobody really knows. A mystery to us can, is a problem or it is something that is unsolved. Those of you into murder mysteries, they're unsolved mysteries or unsolved crimes. But in the Bible, the mystery is not a problem. In the Bible, a mystery is something that was previously unknown and then is revealed by God. And here is the mystery, that Jews and Gentiles would be equal in the sight of God. That, that both would be considered, by putting their trust in Jesus, new creations because of the life, death, resurrection, ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ according to God's plan. Now, this was so incredible. For us, we're like, oh, of course, that, that makes, that, that's fine. I'm fine with that. This was so incredible to the believers at the time that in Acts 15, the apostles had a council as, the, as this new growing group of people called the church was trying to grapple with these things because it was, it was so unbelievable to the, to the Jewish people that, that, that this mystery was now revealed. So the apostles, the first century apostles, were given incredible insight into the plan of God for the salvation of the world, but they didn't come up with it on their own. It was revealed by the Spirit. We saw in Galatians that the Apostle Paul had it revealed to him in one place, the other apostles in the other place, and they came together, and they're like, yeah, we're talking about the same thing. They had this council in Acts 15, like, yeah, we're talking about the same thing. And so as an apostle, the Apostle Paul was the most effective church planter. We've said that if you even went to a lot of secular history professors, they would probably tell you that the most influential person in the world for Christianity was probably the Apostle Paul because they, they, they can't deny anything about this guy because it was well-known history, his, his travels as a prophet and as a Bible writer, he's been given the revelation of being able to write the word of God. Now, we should remember that these letters would, would, would be circulated around the areas to different churches and they would read the letters. They would say, oh, we have a letter from the Apostle Paul writing to us from Rome, and they would read it out loud to the, to the, to the various churches. And, and, and having read chapters 1 and 2, if you're with us, man, it is super obvious this dude has insight from the Holy Spirit. I mean, he just took us to places that it's like, you know, you're, you're, you got to be kidding me. How, how did you figure out all of this stuff? Nobody could ever figure out all this stuff. He just has insight from the Lord. But here's what's important to remember. So do you. If you're a follower of Jesus, through the revealing of the Holy Spirit, that's how you are able to understand the gospel. Remember, Jesus said Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It's because of the revelation of the Holy Spirit through the word of God. You're able to understand how to serve God, how to serve his church, and how to share the good news with others. 
interesting, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, in a discussion on spiritual gifts, he says, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There can be no true confession of Christ as Lord without the, the, the uh, enabling of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people will slightly object to what we're saying here and say, well, no, the inclusion of the Gentiles, God told Abraham that. That's what we learned in, that's what we learned in, in, in Galatians. That's true, but that had eroded in practice, and it was not something that was really so important to the Jews. Also, um, <laughs> um, the thought was that the Gentiles would become Jews, not that a new body would be created, not that a new man would be created, not what we talked about last week, that what they called themselves as the third race would be created. So people, if you weren't with us last week, people would say to a lot of the first century Christians, are you a Jew or are you a Gentile? And they would go, I'm neither. I'm of the third race. I, I am now one, Jew and Gentile are now one in Christ. And this is what part of what the good news is about, that, the, that those that are on the outside can now be brought on the inside. And to anyone that's here tonight or anyone that's listening on, on the radio or on the internet or something like that, um, you know, that means you if you're on the outside. So, so it goes like this, the message doesn't evolve, the message is revealed. The message was revealed to the apostles. They wrote it down, and then it was revealed to us. And that is the same message that we deliver to people, praying that God will reveal it to them. Now, now this, this uniting of Jew and Gentile, this inclusion of all kinds of people, was a natural consequence of the cross and those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostles' Gospel of the New Testament pointed in the same ways as the Gospel of the Old Testament, but now more has been revealed and more has been explained. So we don't throw out the Old Testament. The Apostles had a unique role. We'll talk more about that this Sunday in the foundation of God's plan but, just like Jesus, they were hated by many people for it. So, so what happens? The leader is Jesus. He's gone. So who do they go after? The followers. The apostles are gone. So who do they go after now? They're going to go after the followers. Don't be surprised when the enemy shoots back. Don't be surprised when you're on offense that they're playing defense. Don't be surprised by that. And so they were hated by many. Now, here's the interesting thing. The religious leaders, if they were just telling the, the Gentiles to become Jews, they, they wouldn't have hated them for that. They hated them for the fact that the apostles were telling people that to get into the kingdom of heaven, you didn't have to become a Jew. That you had to put your trust in this Galilean carpenter. They hated the fact that that the good news of Jesus Christ was salvation was not through keeping the law. 
They hated the fact that the apostles told everybody that we're all woeful failures at keeping the law because these guys were so self-righteous. They thought they were actually doing it or at least posed that they were. They hated the fact that they were telling people that you go to heaven by faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Now you say, why would, why would they hate it so much? Because, just think of it from the, from the highbrow religious leader standpoint, the really high, the, 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 we're going to see in Matthew's gospel, the crooked Sadducees. They're, they're the guys, the rich guys, they're the mafioso guys in the temple. They got all the money. They're connected with Rome. They're playing both sides of the table. Why would they hate these guys so much? Because they are going out there telling people, including them, Peter does it uh, in his first sermon after the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says to them, the only way you're going to get to heaven is you're going to have to put your trust in the one that you rejected and you crucified. And so they're going to have to repent from the ultimate sin of, of, of killing God, physically killing God himself. But here in verse 6, the benefit package of trusting Jesus is incredible. We can become co-heirs, part of one body, partakers of the promise in Christ. Anyone can join the family of God. Anyone can be in God's will and get to heaven, be united to other followers of Jesus in the local church and worldwide. Um, you are not in the family of God by accident. You are not in this church by accident. Nor is anyone in the body of Christ unnecessary. Now, sadly, people choose to be unnecessary. But nobody is unnecessary. People choose not to be a part of it. And he's going to go after that. He went after it last week. He's going to go after it again. And it's important to remember, he taught us in, in, the, in 1 Corinthians that each body has different parts. We function differently. And, that, and that's fine. The, the same is true for each member of the body of Christ. Now, I, I know that I'm the predominant teacher here, but that doesn't mean I'm more spiritual than anybody else. My beloved is sitting right there. I ask her, I'm terrible at picking my socks up, just terrible. I don't put my shoes under the bed. She's telling me the same stuff over and over again like I'm five years old. I say I'm young at heart. She says I'm five, <laughs> okay? But, 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 you know, we all have different roles, and we have to be fine with the role that God has given us because we're going to be judged by God. We're going to, he's going to assess us on our faithfulness, to the role in which he gave us. It's not only in the church, but outside in the world. And so, you know, just take what gifts God has given you. If you don't know, you need more close Christian friends, join a community group this fall, and then six, seven weeks say, you know, Pastor Jim, say the leader, Pastor Jim suggested what we all go around and tell each other what the gifts are. The people in your group will know. They will know. They'll be like, you know, you're really an encourager. Oh, man, you're, you're really helpful. Wow, you kept this thing rolling. You're really organized. You have the gift of administration. People will tell you because people will see it. A lot of times we don't see it, but people see it. Verse 7, he was talking about the gospel at the end of verse 6, and he says this, of which I became a minister. Some of your versions say servant. Cleaned up word. Cleaned up word in our Bibles. Literally, it means 
a slave. He's a slave of Christ. Slavery different in the Roman Empire, not always, but predominantly different than it was in the debacle of the South of the United States of America. And uh, a lot of people are always picking on that, like, like, oh, I thought those were the Christians. Most of the Bible Belt became the Bible Belt after they got whomped in the Civil War. <laughs> so that's, that happens to a lot of, a lot of places, you know. And, and we used to be the place where Christianity was strong. But, but then we got cocky because we won the Civil War, and, and we're not doing so well up here. And they're, they're looking at us now, like, what's wrong with those people? And so, so, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power, the power of the Spirit of God. Verse 8, I just want to go a little halfway through it. To me, he says, who am less than the least of all the saints. Now, we have to come back to that. Because didn't he just say he was one of the holy apostles? And the saints are the people in the church. They're the people of God. They're the people in Corinth. (laughs) And Corinth is the messiest of all the churches. And he's saying, I'm less than those people. So we got to come back. We got Some people go, oh, that's a Bible contradiction. We have to reconcile that. Because he's a holy apostle, says he is the least. He says, This grace was given to me. Let's just stop right there. He goes, I didn't figure this all out. I was saved and made a minister. God put me into the ministry. It was was given to me. So here the, the Apostle Paul tells us the essence of his ministry and the ministry of any follower of Jesus Christ. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're not, we're glad you're here, thrilled that you're here, really. But, but any follower of Jesus Christ, you have a ministry. You do. Just, just say, well, no, not to, not, not me. Tomorrow, I gotta get up and I gotta go to a job. That's your ministry. Then I gotta come home to my family. That's your ministry. Some of you, well, I'm exempt. I'm a student. That's your ministry. All right. We are ministers. We are some, some of you, Behind your back, they, they call you the minister of your job or the religious part, whatever they call you, something like that. He tells us about our ministry, how it came about, what we are and how it came about. Right here he's, in this verse, he says, we are a servant of Christ because the grace has been given to us by the power of the Spirit. That's it. I mean, it's that simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. And this is very interesting how the grace of God works. And this guy, you know, we we talk about the apostles being representative disciples. He really shows us how the grace of God works. The grace of God humbles us and empowers us at the same time. This is how a guy like this guy can, can... be, be sitting in prison, happy as a lark, writing letters to the churches, humbled that God would use him in the lives of, of unbelieving people and yet empowered by God to be used in the lives of unbelieving people. That is all of you. That is all of us. And so the Apostle Paul he praises God for the gift of grace 
that enlisted him into the service of God. Notice he's not praising him for his gifts and his talents. He's praising him for the grace of God. Now, there are some skeptics who doubt the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. Well, they must have a tough time with these verses. A tough time. I, I'm the least of everybody? I mean, no, no secret admirer would write that. Dear honey, I love you. You're the least of all. <laughs> like that, it's like, don't, do not put that on a Valentine's Day card, men. It's not going to go over well. No admirer would write anything like that. This guy was overwhelmed with the grace of God. He knew he was a persecutor of the church when he was known as Saul as Tarsus, the, 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 the uh, Pharisee who was going out, you know, trying to break up the churches and break up the faith. This is not false humility for him to say that he's less or he is the least. Sadly, we live in an age of celebrity pastors. It's absolutely disgusting. And it is amazing how many of them God has taken down. It is amazing how many of them let their fame and popularity go to their head. They thought they would never, ever succumb to certain things. And before they know it, they're knee deep, they're neck deep in sin. And you find out that a lot of people in the church knew all along and this is what they'll say, oh, but he was such a good teacher. Oh, come on now. No power, no spirit. He might be entertaining. He might be a great communicator. But there's no, there's no power in, in, in the word that such a person brings forth. But also, we, I think we live in the age where people want to be thought of sometimes as celebrity servants. Like, I want people to see what I do. I want people to notice what I do. I want people to constantly thank me for what I do. Serving God is thanks enough. And it's not that we, we shouldn't thank people and, and say, hey, Jesus, you did a good job, or we're really blessed with the, with the service that you're giving or something. Like, That's fine. But, but listen, don't be looking for it. Don't be looking for it. You know, I, I, I tell everybody quite often who asks me about preaching, I always say, you know, really, you people are here, I see you, I love you, but the audience is one. He's sitting in the far back corner. You can turn around and look, you won't see him, but I see him. It's the Lord Jesus sitting there with his arms folded, saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you doing? Get to the point. But, the, but we serve an audience of one. You see, here's the problem. When you become a celebrity or want to become a celebrity, you are no longer a servant of the foot-washing servant. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That only comes through prayerfully thinking through the word of God, prayerfully thinking through the grace of God, keeping our eyes focused keenly upon Jesus and our own sinfulness, and thinking about the cross and repentance and how Jesus forgives sins. So let's get to that thing we can't miss about him. In verse 5, he said about himself that he's one of the holy apostles. And in verse 8, he said he's, one of the, he's the least of all the saints. Saints are not all dead people who did good stuff. Uh, saints are all living people. So you're all saints, right? You're all saints. So after the service tonight, 
Uh, don't call me Apostle Jim, but you can call me Saint Jim if you want. That's fine. All right. So, so that, that's what we all are because we're all God's set apart people. Now, in, in 1 Timothy 1.15, the Apostle Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. So which is it? Are you a holy apostle or are you a chief of sinner? Exactly. Yes. Somebody's, somebody's well taught there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Both are true. Followers of Jesus are holy because they've been set apart by God. We are sinners made holy by God, not by ourselves. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love. Changed by Love.